Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm gonna get a little bit rough. I'm here for it. those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Tesla Figaro, host of Straight Shot, No Chaser. I wanted to tap in with you quickly to deal with. What does the Brooklyn subway shooting have to do with politics? I wanted to make sure that this was on the record before the talking points started being filtered to you through the media, through your social media spaces, uh, through your politicians, through those running in office, running for office, Wanted to put this on the record in advance so that there was no questions uh, about what it is that I'm getting ready to drop in your life. Just a little bit of game in your life to take with you on this Tuesday. First of all, hearts and my heart is with those who uh, were injured today, their families, uh, those who were killed, those who were impacted uh, by the Brooklyn subway shooting. And in no way is this uh, meant to minimize what happened, to take away from what happened, to not be a lack of empathy and concern uh, for those who were uh, injured in any way, even mentally uh, traumatized in any way. However, because the media works so fast and so quick and because messages go out so quickly, I have to skip forward to addressing what you're about to see in the media. Because what I don't want to happen is you to be confused on the things that you're about to see and hear. And so it doesn't allow me uh, the time to be able to, uh, you know, wait on things, you know, wait, have a grieving process and then uh, come back and redirect uh, would it, uh, or point out to you the points that I want to make uh, this morning. So I wanted to get that out the way in case there's any Dumbo in the building. There's always a Dumbo clown that'll say, oh, are you not concerned about the victims? Oh, are you saying you support crime? Are you saying we don't need to clean up our community? I need to get that out the way at the beginning of the podcast uh, so that we don't have to deal with that later on. I will just absolutely ignore those comments that I see popping up so we can get straight down to why 
I have gathered us uh, this afternoon to deal with this issue. You're listening to Tesla Figaro, the host of Straight Shot No Chaser podcast. If you have not subscribed to it on iHeart on the Black Effect podcast radio, please do. Also, please head over to my new YouTube page. I created this page just for the podcast. IG has had me in jail uh, twice this month. I'm still in jail, uh, so I cannot go live, and I'm done playing with IG. So we're just going to go live here moving forward uh, on YouTube and the Twitter space. So let's get right down to it. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, which is where you will see uh, my most recent posts always, I do go to Twitter, but I am more likely to go to Instagram because that is where the majority of those who follow me are. And as soon as uh, the Brooklyn uh, shooting happened, I put out there that these are the talking points you're going to hear. I talked about how the Democrats will use this as an opportunity to say tough on crime. I talked about how the Democrats are going to say this is why we need to do something about mass shooting. I talked about how the Democrats are going to refer to Joe Biden's gun, a ghost gun policy that he just talked about just on yesterday. I talked about how uh, Mayor Eric Adams uh, will be able to use this as an opportunity to talk about this is why he's going to get tough on crimes and why uh, plainclothes officers stop and frisk. All of those things are critical. From my understanding, uh, they're already uh, bringing back some of those policies and some some of those policies are still being debated right now. Well, as soon as I posted it, and you don't have to believe me, don't take my word for it. Just go to IG and look and see. And this is not the first time that I've called things out in advance. Before I say that, I want you guys to know, because I know there's a lot of commentators out there that talk and they love, you know, good uh, commentary and clickbait and all of that. And I know there's some folks uh, in the comments that have uh, uh, opinions on uh, everything. Before I say that, I do want you guys to know that I actually do run a communications firm. Uh, TeslaFigaro.com. I do strategic communications. I'm adult. I'm an adult uh, educator. Have a master's in adult education, um, and I have worked with some of the most high-profile people in politics throughout my 10-plus-year career in communications. You have uh, may have seen me on uh, Fox News, which means I understand conservatives' talking points back and forward. I've worked on races on every level: the state, the local, and the federal level particularly in the communication space. So I bring to you an expertise of not the media, not just talking, having good commentary, but actually working with these folks that you see who are out here uh, with these talking points. This is why uh, I can point them out in advance and tell you they're going to say A, B, C, D, not a conspiracy theorist telling you exactly what they're going to say. And you literally saw what happened this morning. Shout out to those that did recognize on Instagram that I literally told you what these people are going to say. Um, so I wanted to put it officially on the record because nothing like having the record to be able to go back to reiterate uh, that, again, moderate Democrats all over the United States are looking for a uh, tough on crime message. And they always want to be able to have something to refer to. No, it doesn't mean that they are happy that folks died today, that folks were shot. Absolutely not. What I'm telling you about is it's actually a, tra a, 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 a seminar training that I've done before called capitalizing off the crisis. And what that means is when a crisis happens, how can you use that crisis uh, to be able to capitalize in the sense of pushing your message? A lot of you don't understand it because you're not in the communication space as an expert. I'm not saying that to demean. I'm saying that so you can understand the game that I'm giving you. And so when crises like this happen, it, it behooves whoever it is that needs a message, that needs a football to quarterback that message, to be able to throw it for the touchdown. Let me say it one more time. When things like this happen, 
It allows somebody who's running for office, who's in office, to be able to have a play to run down the field. There's two plays that are going on right now. The Republicans are already saying, I'm looking at their Twitter feeds. I'm looking at folks that I know that follow me and I follow them. And they're saying, oh, what is the governor doing right now? You know, why are Democrats not doing anything right now? Why uh, is it that every time there's crime, tough on uh, crime issues, it's in liberal cities? This is why we need Republicans back in office. I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong. I'm just here to give you the game. Go down the Twitter feed and you'll see. Then you'll see the Democrats on the other end say, the moderate Democrats will say, this is why we have to get tough on crime. This is why I cannot go uh, to my grocery store and be concerned uh, without being robbed. And again, I'm not disputing that there's not a crime issue. I'm just simply giving you the play courtesy of Tesla Figaro Communications Group. I'm not going to argue with you about it. Is it right? Is it wrong? I'm giving you the play. I'm giving you... Some of you, cornballs the game. Don't be a cornball your whole life. I'm allowing you to get off the sidewalks for a minute and come to the streets so I can tell you what the play is. It's up to you if you want to see it. So the modern Democrats will say that this is why we need to get tough on crime. This is why we must end mass shootings. Literally, the governor said it verbatim. I said on my IG before she said it, this is what they're going to say. And she literally said it. And then MSNBC came in. And said what I said an hour or so ago, that this is going to be, Biden was just talking about ghost guns, that this is a a way to clean up crime. This is what they all promised on the campaign trail. So the play is, hey, remember, we promised on the campaign trail to clean up crime, and this is why we need to clean up crime. So let's go ahead and implement the Crime Bill 2.0 like they've been pushing for the last year. If you've paid attention to anything I've told you on my page, I want you to understand I'm not on social media to be social. I'm not trying to be fast friends with you guys. We're not going to hook up. We're not going to hang out. I'm simply here to give you the game, period. I'm not on here to talk about entertainment. Every now and then I may talk about something going on, some pop culture, but that's not why I'm here. Every now and then I'm going to post a cute little picture of me being thinking I'm cute out. You know, it is what it is. Only going to get worse from here, so... I like to do that every now and then, but notice that I'm on social media only to give you this game. That is it. That is all. Only to educate, only to inspire, only to empower, only just to give it to you. And like I always say, use it, lose it. Can't make you choose it. It's up to you if you want to take the game. The progressives, they're going to come through and say, this is why they need to defund the police. It's not effective. It's not working. This is why that moderates now are going to come in and lock everybody up and they're going to completely forget about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. They're going to completely forget about the cops who are the criminals. And they're going to make this mass shooting, this one mass shooting, the focal point for this year, much like how they made the George Floyd matter, the focal point of 2020, and we haven't heard shit since. Now, you can come up with all of the strategies and the conspiracies. I'll let you guys do that in the comments. You do it better than anybody else. I'm just here to give you the game and you take it with it. You take with, take it and do whatever you want to do with it. Right now, moderates are running all over the country to make a point that they are against 
all things progressive because they have to make the distinction between them and progressives, even though they call them, they keep, now they're calling themselves progressives, which is hilarious. But they have to make the distinction to make sure that they appease to Republican voters who will never vote for them anyway. But that is their play. And this will be an opportunity for them to take that football and run with it. Another thing I want you to notice. Someone in my comments said, oh, this looks like domestic terrorism to me. Well, guess what, mama? It really doesn't matter what it looks like to you, even if it looks like that. And even if it's the truth, it is all a matter of how the media wants you to see it how politicians want you to see it. And can I tell you something about see it using, you remember the movie, When They See Us? When they see us as black people, see, we don't get the benefit of being a terrorist or mentally ill. What Tessa, what do you mean by the benefit? There's no benefit in being a terrorist. Well, when it's defined as domestic terrorism, that goes into a different category. That doesn't go into the tough on crime category. Can I say it again in case y'all didn't get it? When you're categorized as a terrorist, quote unquote, you don't get to go in the tough on crime. You get to go in the terrorist category, the 9-11 category. Notice at the press conference, one of the officers said, oh, this reminds me of 9-11, how we all came together. He didn't say it reminds me of 9-11 terrorism. He said, this is how New Yorkers all come together. Ooh, I wish I had just somebody that knew how to look at this game. Shout out to Twitter audio in the building. Thanks for checking in. Can somebody on Twitter, if you are understanding the game that I'm laying down to you, can I get a high five or a smiley face or something? I just want to know I got at least two or three witnesses in the building that, that are connecting the dots. Said so it reminds me of 9-11 and how we all came together. Nothing about terrorism. Well, you know why it's not terrorism, Brandon, on Twitter audio? You know why? Because right now it's an alleged black man as the suspect. So that means it won't be mentally ill. Because, you know, when white folks shoot up children in schools, they get the opportunity to be mentally ill and something was going on and what's going on. And, oh, yeah, it's never about his home life. It's never about. Uh, some troll that was looking for attention on my IG said, well, what about black women raising these men? He was looking for my attention. I completely ignored it. Sometimes I clap back and sometimes I just, when somebody's that obvious one, my attention, I kind of just leave him there in the corner kicking and screaming. But I'm glad he did it because it shows you exactly what I'm talking about. See, when the white boy goes and shoots up the school, nobody is questioning if it was raised by a single white mother Nobody is asking, well, where is the, the white daddy and why is the family not doing what they should be doing? And what about Chicago? And we need this done, that done. It's simply, oh, he was disturbed and something was going on and perhaps he was bullied. It was everything but tough on crime. When it comes to white folks who, by the way, are the leaders in mass shootings. But notice how they're saying that the suspect is a black male. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what type of black male this person is, because so many people, particularly in New York, identify as black. So I'm curious if this will be an African-American male and how that's going to play out. We'll keep following the story to see how that plays out.
But go look at the clip that I put on uh, with MSNBC on my Instagram. That way you don't have to believe me. Don't take my word for it. Just go look at the clip that I put up. When they said, oh, this happened in a middle class area. You know what middle class means? That's where you progressives get it wrong, by the way. I know you progressives think that you're the black folks whisper and you're not. You're terrible. And I can say that uh, from formerly working on the Bernie Sanders campaign, that middle class talking point, you're usually talking about white folks. You may not realize that's what they're doing, but that's exactly what they're doing. Even though black folks are middle class and middle class incomes and middle class education, when you're using the buzzword middle class, you're talking about white folks. So they already put that out there. Oh, this happened in the middle class. Notice, look at the clip where she said, you know, everybody's, you know, why here and why now in a middle class area? This is not in the the city. She even caught herself on the words because really she want to say this wasn't around the black folks. <laughs> Later on, as I continue to watch uh, the reporting, they say, you know, this wasn't in Times Square, you know, where there's a lot of people around. Yeah, they had to switch that up because it was starting to almost sound like this wasn't where the, where, where the Negroes be at. <laughs> So she said, this is middle class in a predominantly Latino and Asian community. Oh, Tesla, what? Why are you bringing up race? That don't have nothing to do with nothing. Well, I don't know. Ask, ask MSNBC why they bring up race. If it don't have nothing to do with nothing, why did they bring up race? Hmm, gee. I wonder if now, I'm just guessing you guys can connect the dots. Remember at the beginning of the year when Joe Biden told uh, our alleged black leaders to go to hell and said that you need to, you black folks need to align yourself with the Latino community because they're the ones that have the numbers. You remember? All you got to do is go Google it and look it up. You remember in the tapes that the leaders snuck in and dropped it out there uh, behind Joe Biden's back. And as I told you before, they've been doing this. I guess they just got so frustrated they wanted to cover themselves because they pushed so hard to get Biden in office. I guess they wanted to cover themselves. So shout out to whoever the snitch was that put what I've been saying and many others have been saying for years that's been going on behind the scenes. So when Joe Biden told you to go to hell, black people, he said, line up with the Latino community. We also know that the Asian American community was able to get stop hate legislation. I believe it was just yesterday or maybe a couple of days ago that the Singh community, S-I-N-G-H, in case you didn't make out uh, what I said, said that they too need to be protected like the Asian American community because they too are experiencing hate. And Chuck Schumer, the leader for the Democrat Party in the House, said that, yes, just like they passed for Asian Americans, we also need to make sure that this community is protected. So it's not me that is bringing up race. It's the leaders. It's the media. It's all of the folks that have mics and platforms way bigger than mine. So this is an opportunity to let the middle class Latinos know in America that you must align yourself with the Democrat moderate side of the party because we're going to make sure that you are protected. I would say Asian American, but they do, in case you don't know, vote in very low numbers. But yet they still had 
policy specifically for them, but the Latino community in particularly. And this is the game that you need to understand. What I'm telling you is not disputed. This is not a debate. I see some requests coming in. Some folks want to chime in. But what I'm telling you, these are facts. I'm not telling you to believe it or don't believe it. I'm telling you these are facts. The Latino community is sought after for one main reason. And I I know a lot of you think it's because of the population growth, and it's not. It is because that community votes almost 50-50. Republican and Democrat. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter what population has the most people. It is how do those people engage themselves in the political political, uh, strategy of it all. So let me give you simple numbers. 90% of black people who actually vote, vote Democrat. Those of you that say, I'm, I, that's why I don't vote Democrat and I don't vote either one and I'm not a part of the process. Hey, that's on you, homie. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I do want you to know that you are a part of the process. You deciding not to run for office yourself or not to get behind a candidate that you believe is your choice, but you are a part of the process. You're a part of the process every time you pay taxes on your job. You're a part of the process every time you get a refund at the end of the year. You're a part of the process every time you pay taxes at the end of the year, if you don't get a refund like I have to pay this year, you're a part of the process every time you go to the store and you pay retail tax. You are a part of the process. I know it sounds good on Twitter and, and social media to say, that's why I don't deal with either one. Hey, I ain't got no problem with it. Y'all want to organize and say, I'm out of the process? Cool. I'm just here to let you know you are in the process. So what I try to do, me, myself, and how I try to push the line politics until something happens is put our own people in the process. Because there's always going to be somebody in office. There's always going to be somebody in charge. So I'd rather it be the person that I support that's pushing the line and we hold accountable. And if they don't do what we say, we get them out of office and we replace them. So I believe in the don't chase them, replace them policy. But I don't have no problem with those of you that say you're just not going to vote at all. It's your business. I'm not trying to start a movement either way. Do what's best for you and your family, homie. I'm just letting you know that you are a part of the process. As long as you're living in this country, decisions are being made on your behalf. And if you choose not to go to the meetings to speak up and say what it is you want, that's on you. I am an independent. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, meaning I don't subscribe to either one of their ideologies. I'm not a part of neither one of their gangs. G-A-N-G gangs. Yes, I said gangs. But I'm a part of the process in the sense that I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to sit by. I am not going to not engage, empower, and inform. So stop asking me, what do you think I need to do? I think you need to be a grown-ass man or woman and figure out what's best for you and your family. And I do believe in local and state politics above anything else for sure on the federal level. So with that said, you're going to see all of these talking points trickle down. You're going to see uh, campaigns continue to run on this. You're going to see uh, progressives be challenged uh, with moderates that say this is why we need to get tough on crime. You're going to see Republicans say this is why Democrats can't get shit done. You're going to see everything but the things that was promised to black folks. And the celebrities and the influencers and the political pundits with major platforms. Another thing you're not going to see 
is them talking about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act to deal with the criminals who are in the police department that will now be stopping and frisking unjustifiably in plain clothes, unjustifiably beating folks up, unjustifiably shooting people, unjustifiably. You, you're not going to see them talk about that, but you're going to see them talk about this. You're going to see them continue to celebrate for KBJ. You're going to see them continue to talk about their fashion and their clothes and everything but push the line. They do everything possible but push the damn line. Any distraction will do. Will Smith, Slapgate, KBJ, whatever, anything to avoid pushing the line. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So we'll continue to follow this. We'll we'll see if it'll be a domestic terrorist. I'm just guessing that it won't based on the history of how America's ran. I'm guessing that uh, it will be tough on crime. I'm guessing that. Well, really, I'm not guessing. They already said tough on crime. They've already said all of that. But if the suspect is what they say allegedly is true, which is a black male, it's going to be interesting to see how this narrative continues to push all the way through November. They needed something to quarterback. And I know you think, oh, wow, it would be so cruel of them if they really took this opportunity and capitalized on it. Well, guess what? Politicians and the government is the biggest gangsters in the game. Make sure you go listen to my pimps, politicians, pastors, podcast, and I'll break it down to you there. Soon as you start looking at them like gangsters, it'll start to make more sense. But a lot of you squares and cornballs have never been around it. No disrespect, you know, to anybody. It's not a lifestyle that you should want to be around, to be quite honest. But because you haven't, you haven't been exposed to it, you can't see it. And there are some good elected officials. I know many, plenty of friends who do the right thing on the local level, who do the right thing and never get the credit. I've interviewed many of them on my podcast as well. So I thought I'd drop their game. Just want to put it on the record. The time is now 157, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, April 12th. Going to leave this up for those who want to hear it, share it, do whatever. Use it, lose it, can't make it, choose it. It's also on my YouTube if you want to check it out. Please subscribe to the YouTube. We'll continue to go live uh, just like this. And 
We're going to upload this on the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast uh, moving forward. I did have, since I have a couple of minutes, I will take um, some feedback, some questions. Look, I have two requests. So let's have some fun and let's let's bring this person on in. Rich Blackfurst 718. Hello, Rich. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, honey. How are you? Thanks for waiting. Welcome. Um, so I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I was born and raised here. Just a quick uh, background. And uh, I'm, I'm like 20 minutes away from Sunset Park. And I don't know. I'm not going to say too much on, on your Twitter space. But in my opinion, it does look very, very fishy. The dumb one reason why is because, first of all, uh, Sunset Park is predominantly Asian and uh, Hispanic community. And... I've been to the Sunset Park. I've done business in Sunset Park. There's not much black people that go over there because there's nothing over there. There's restaurants and there's uh, uh, residential buildings where, where the Asians and Hispanics live. The, the the chances of a black person going in that direction to do anything like that is just very suspicious to me. That's number one. And number two, they said 15 people were shot, but nobody has died. Nobody's... Fifth out of fifteen people, nobody has died yet. I'm not wishing anybody died, but I'm just saying, like, out of fifteen people, and they said no critical, like, nobody's in critical condition. Everybody's expected to survive. That's funny to me. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just very, very strange to me. And it, it looks like they're trying to come up with a new hate crime bill or something along those lines. But I'll just leave that there. Let somebody else come in. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, again. Yeah, I'm not uh, one for this particular. And thank you again um, for your your comments. I'm not a particularly someone that really gets into the conspiracy theorist thing. You know, I have my own thoughts, but I'm very careful. Um, you know what I say uh, in these internet spaces because people take things so literally. But I do appreciate you know your feedback and your your thoughts. I've known uh, 15 people to get shot and not die. So <laughs> that is a possibility. You can get shot and not die. But I, I do hear what you're saying. Um, and again, when there's a government that's so questionable to people, I even said this other day, I was on um, Fox Soul and they were talking about, you know, Brittany, the WNBA player. Uh, and they were saying, you know, they've done all they could do. And I said, you know, because the government is not trusted, uh, by black folks, it's hard for us to know when you're telling the truth and when you're not telling the truth. So we do side eye a, a lot of things. So I don't, I understand, you know, where this brother's thoughts is coming from. Um, you know, I, I can get where the suspicion is and I, I'll just leave it there um, because the timing of it all is just, is suspicious to anybody that will say, you know, wow, this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, there has been people going to good neighborhoods and do stuff all the time, you know, so I won't say that I don't speak on absolutes and what somebody will and will not do, particularly if they're mentally ill. What I can tell you about is what I know this narrative won't be uh, if it is a black person, uh, if it is a black person who is actually, you know, black American um, and not because, you know, New York. So interesting because New York has a high population of those who identify as black. I think the top four or five cities, New York, uh, Chicago, uh, and Houston, I can't remember, can't remember um, what the other city was. I was just reading it the other day. Um, but a lot of people in New York identify as black um, that may not necessarily be black American. So it's going to be interesting 
if uh, to see if this is actually a black American or someone who was dark skinned. Um, but regardless, I do know that they've already said, oh, you know, well, this is not a domestic an act of terrorism, but we don't we haven't ruled anything out. Well, if you haven't ruled anything out, why are you saying it's not an act of terrorism? So this is why we just wanted to put this, you know, I just wanted to kind of put the talking points out there um, for you guys to pay attention to as it uh, unfolds. So I think that's it. I, well, got a couple of other requests. Um, if you guys want to chime in, uh, young fly dope fresh in YouTube, let me know if you can hear uh, the callers that are coming in. I'm trying to, I'm working two or three different angles here and I have the Twitter audio. So if someone on YouTube can let me know if you hear the, um, the callers that I'm bringing in, uh, on Twitter audio. So, uh, young fly dope fresh, I'm going to bring you on. And, and, and before I say this, as I'm bringing speakers on again, I appreciate your comments and I'm not going to dispute or debate them. I am going to do disclaimers though. If you're, if you're coming with conspiracies, you have every right to have those conspiracies, but just be prepared that it, I will reiterate again that what I'm doing is not talking about conspiracies. I'm giving you the talking points that you will hear um, throughout the midterm uh, election. Young, fly, dope, and fresh. What's happening? <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for taking my request. You're welcome. Uh, I just wanted to kind of piggyback based off of what you said. Um, my quick question was when... A person, you know, commits, you know, this, like, again, in my opinion, a terrorist attack, and they make mention of, like, there was, like, detonation devices, but they didn't go off. Why isn't that automatically classified as, you know, an act of terrorism? Because to me, in my opinion, if a bomb or any type of, like, explosive device is potentially used, shouldn't that just already put a classification on what the act is? And that's the question I had. Okay, and that's a great question. And, you know, I'm I'm definitely not somebody that just makes up answers, you know, as they go. So I'll be more than happy to look into that to see, you know, what is automatic and what's not automatic because I'm not familiar with that answer. But what I can tell you from the political side of it, um, because I'm not a, you know, terrorist uh, scholar, I'm sure somebody in the comments is probably thinks they are. So they'll probably tell you. Um, but I'm not a uh, homeland security scholar. But what I am, what I am a scholar in, is, is in this politics space and in this political messaging. And what I do know is that right now, gun control is the topic. Um, and it was just the topic within the last 24 hours, and it is the topic that Democrats have been running on all year. And so, regardless of whatever it is, they're going to still twist it in some type of way on how this is a gun control issue. So if there were 50 bombs, if it was one gun away that just happened to be just sitting there, they still going to say, well, this is why we got to get guns off the street. And they did it. They already did it in the press conference, literally. So um, I do appreciate, uh, you know, your feedback uh, and what you're saying. And I apologize. I can't answer the question, but I also want you guys to know something in communications. This is what we call a whataboutism where I could easily just kind of flip this conversation and go and start talking about, you know, what's a grenade and should it be a terrorist and should it not be a terrorist and should this and this and that. And all of that couldn't be true. But what I'm directing, what I want to redirect everybody's attention back to is watch how this will move through the midterms because they've already said it's not an act of terror, but we're keeping it all options open. Well, 
I've never heard it. It's kind of like if I'm dating you and I say, hey, I don't want to be your woman, but I'll keep the option open to be your woman. That don't even make sense. Make that make sense. Either I'm going to keep it open to be your woman or I'm not. So I'm wanting people to see the political football that's being uh, thrown to be quarterback. And people that are running for office, they're going to catch that ball. They're going to run and they're going to touch down. That's how they're getting the votes out. So definitely appreciate um, uh, appreciate your uh, your question. And thank you. They gave me a good way to kind of redirect it right back to. Um, and it's a good question, by the way. Uh, I just want people to know, watch this play. And play means, because I know some of y'all don't know what play means. It's not saying that I'm taking this lightly, that I'm playing like it's a game, that it's not. I'm just telling you. This is the strategy. When I say play, I mean strategy. This is how the talking points will be pushed all the way through because they need to give you something. They have to have something to run on. And they know that KBJ, the confirmation of KBJ, is not going to make you feel good enough all the way to November. So this is an opportunity, what we call capitalize off the crisis, to be able to switch the conversation into something else. We got to get it off of that. We got to get it off Will Smith. We got to get to something. So this is the football and we're going to see how long it lasts. They even said on MSNBC, well, I wonder how long this is going to last. They're going to make it last because those that are running for office, they are going to use this as their talking points as they move forward. I'm going to take uh, another caller. Is it Black Budai goes to prison? I'm not sure. How do I pronounce it? You know, I, I use my, my real name, so I don't be knowing y'all handle sometimes, but you are on. Oh, hello. Hello. I just wanted to, um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay, yeah. So I just wanted to ask, you said that you, uh, you know, worked for the Bernie campaign and you had some issues with progressives um, and the way that the Democratic Party is trying to essentially replace us with Hispanics. You said we have to, you know, get in with the Hispanics, right? Um, when you look at the way that the Democratic primary played out in 2020, you saw that a lot of Hispanics, like a disproportionate number, right? We're supporting um, Bernie Sanders and voting for like progressive policies because they thought that that would tangibly improve their lives, right? Um, whereas when it came to the vote, especially after James Clyburn and the whole South Carolina thing, you saw black voters, you know, clamoring to vote um, for Joe Biden, particularly older black voters who are like basically the only people who vote in these primaries. Um, what do you think... Um, is about Democratic Party where, like, black people are okay with voting just for, like, I guess the establishment brand and not necessarily voting like Latinos who vote um, because they think they're going to get something in return. They're going to get DACA, right? They're going to get naturalized. They like his immigration policy. They like health care. Why is it that we have such an attachment, not only just to the Democratic Party, I understand that, but to the establishment of the Democratic Party, figures like uh, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, great question. And and this is um really great question. So let me just kind of go all the way back to what I said in the beginning, because you said I had said a couple of things and I just want to bring some clarity. I didn't say that Democrats are saying they're trying to uh, black people are being replaced by Latinos. I was referring to what Joe Biden literally said out his mouth, not Teslin. Joe Biden said out his mouth, quote, in, unquote, black people need to align themselves with the Latino party. Uh, I mean, with, with the Latino community, uh, because basically they have the numbers on their side. So that wasn't what Tesla Figaro said. That was paraphrasing Joe Biden. 
Second thing you said is you said I had some issues uh, with progressives uh, and I worked for Bernie Sanders. So I want to clear that um, I worked for Bernie Sanders as the National Racial Justice Director in 2015, before many of you even knew who Bernie Sanders was before he got really popular. And I did not personally uh, have issues. I am telling you what progressives overall have had a problem with with speaking to black voters. And it's very similar to what you just said. Um, they have, and, and this is in no disrespect to you, but they have put these talking points out here to train you guys on saying, you know, well, it's always older black voters and it's always, why do they align themselves with the uh, the establishment party and why, and those talking points backfire. And then you normally come back and say, well, Bernie wa- wa- marched with King. And why is it that black voters, basically what you're saying is, you know, why can't they just see it for what it is and get it together? And I know you mean that in no disrespect. It's just the talking points that they gave you. And so I'll address that here in a second. Um, also, you mentioned, and I'm trying to remember everything you said um, about, uh, well, it seemed like Latinos, basically paraphrasing, you know, they'll vote for things that they feel they're getting their benefits. So let me explain again what I was saying about the Latino vote. It's not because of population. It's not because it's more Latinos than it is black people or white people. Population has nothing to do with it. It is how many people in that population actually use their power and how they use that power. So if if only 10 people vote and nine of those 10 are going to vote for moderate Democrats, then that is where they have their power. If 10 Latino, Latino people vote and five vote for Democrat. And let's say out of the five, three of them vote progressive and two vote moderate and the other five vote for conservatives. It allows them more leverage to court them. I hope that makes sense to you. So if I am a woman and I'm dating, I'm keeping my options open to date two or three different guys. It makes each guy step up their game. I hope that makes makes sense to you. And so the Latino community does that very well. A perfect example is Bernie Sanders got slaughtered in Florida. He didn't even spend a dollar even trying to get folks out in Florida in 2016 because he knew that he was going to get slaughtered because the Hispanic community in Florida votes typically conservative. The same Hispanic community votes for Bernie Sanders in California, liberals, because the issues are different according to their different regions. Florida, heavily populated with Cuban-Americans that do not like anything that even sound like socialism. So they vote, they typically align more with the Republican side, the conservative side of the aisle, not necessarily the Republican side of the aisle, the conservative side of the aisle. So while you're saying, you know, well, it seems like Latinos vote for what they can get something out the deal. Yeah, they do. But they also do it with the conservative side, too. So when you uh, make and I'm going to unmute your mic so you can respond back when you make uh, the statement about, you know, well, why is it that black people, you know, what is it that they have with the establishment? This is where y'all get it wrong every time. And, and it's because and I don't know you're saying we I don't know if you're black or whatever. It sounds like you're progressive. But this is this is where y'all start pissing black voters, vote, uh, black voters off when y'all make those types of comments. And this is why the progressive movement will continue to lose until they know how to talk with black voters, not talk to black voters, not speak uh, in a disparaging, slight, shady kind of way on basically saying, oh, because this is what progressive consultants say. I know these guys personally, a lot of you folks don't. Oh, they're low information voters. They just don't get it. Maybe if they just got it, maybe they would understand. And that's not it at all. In case you're unfamiliar, it's not even just older black voters, but black people as a whole are typically moderate. Black people as a whole are particularly moderate. 
I did a whole podcast on this with Bree, uh, Brianna Joy Gray. You guys know her as a progressive voice. And I said, when when progressives are not talking about business ownership, self-employment, having your own business, big difference from greed and Amazon and all of that, the talking points that, that progressives talk about day in, day out, not all day, every day, 24 hours a day, like $15 an hour, the majority of folks who make $15 an hour are white folks, not black people. So the talking points on the progressive side have never been catered uh, to actually speak to black voters. And I can say that as being the former racial justice director for Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016, because Bernie Sanders doesn't want to deal with race. He only wants to deal with class. And until progressives understand that race also has something to do with class, until progressives understand that it is not about, oh, so as long as we just eat the rich and everybody make $15 an hour, it's all going to be well. You're going to continue to get your ass beat because you cannot win the left side of the of politics without a Democrat voter, period, end of discussion. And they have failed in that intentionally because Bernie Sanders, who leads this movement, he does not want to deal with race. He only wants to deal with class. And Nina Turner has talked to you guys about race. Killer Mike has talked to you guys about race, but you tend to never want to hear that part. You only hear the part that they're talking about that is that sounds good to you and not you particularly because I don't know you. I'm just saying progressives as a whole. They only want to pick apart what, what they say about class and completely ignore the part about race. And so as long as progressives are ignoring that and not wanting to deal with that, you'll never win the black vote. And I will always continue to call progressives ass out for it. Look at Tim uh, Tim Black, who was a staunch progressive uh, pundit, still is. Look at how many people started leaving Tim when he started talking about uh, reparations. Soon as race got into the conversation, it became a problem for progressives. So that's the reason why um, I say uh, you're going to keep losing the black vote and saying, oh, yo, it's just those old black voters. They just don't get it. No, progressives don't get it. They still don't get it. They're insisting on not getting it. And so they'll just continue to keep getting their ass beat um, in those moderate states, particularly in the South. And I do not, let me say again, I do not support just aligning myself with the Democrat Party or the Republican Party or establishment or non-establishment. I do not. I'm independent. But I'm telling you where they fail on the communication side. So I'll, I'll give the mic back to you. Uh, are you still there? Because I don't know. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm still there. Okay. Yeah, I'm busy and... Um... I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I do see that uh, white progressives, especially the ones that are like communists or Marxists, um, think that it all comes down to a class analysis and that somehow race fits into a class analysis um, when it doesn't. And then they're often like for universal programs, but against things like reparations because of that lack of understanding. Right. I totally get that criticism. I think in 2016, uh, I'm not insulting you, but in 2016, Bernie definitely did not do any sort of a good job in like reaching out to black Americans. Oh no. Yeah. You're not insulting me. Yeah. No, just so we're clear. I was, was I was, campaign's fault. yeah, right. And what I'm, Oh, you're not insulting me. Cause I can't carry it away for him. But again, it was only about 10 of us, 10 or 12 of us that was actually on the national African-American outreach team. And we said it, I was the first one that said it. they called the progressive movement as a whole racist. My former director of uh, African-American outreach, Marcus Farrell, said it. Danny Glover, not the actor Danny Glover, staffer said it. We've come forward many times and have said this. We have said it was the campaign. We have said it was those in charge. And we said it 
to the almighty St. Bernard. He got it wrong too. So no, you're not insulting me. I called it out on the carpet for what it is. And so the, this is not, when I when I talk about progressives, people can't tell me, like, I was in the room. So I'm not literally in the room. When I talk about George Floyd Justin Policing Act, when I go on Joe Biden's ass about that, I was in the room with the George Floyd family. So these are not comments that I'm just making it up as I go. You are absolutely right. The campaign fucked it up. And I'm, I called it out. I was the first one to call it out. Legally called it out. Even sued the movement and won, by the way, for their racism. So it's very easy to try to put it into a Gen Z and a Gen A and a B and a C and a DF and all of that. No, no, no. It's old ass Bernie Sanders who does not want to deal with race, who brought all of the motivation and the energy in the progressive movement and people followed him. And then they gave the talking points in the atmosphere about, oh, no, it's just the older black voters. Oh, no, they just don't get it. Oh, no, it's just Joe. It's just uh, Jim Clyburn. Oh, no, they just don't. No, no, no. Wrong. Wrong. Well, I mean. In 2020, um, if you look at the the nature of the race, um, there was a point in time, I think it was like February after Nevada, where Bernie actually led with black voters with like 30-something percent. Right, right? but sweetheart, let me... To him, though, was Bloomberg. Yeah, but but can I tell you something? And I appreciate your feedback. See, you're speaking from a, and I'm not saying this to be insulting, you're speaking from what you're reading. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you literally in, in the room with Bernie Sanders and his staff, literally. So the conversation is kind of unbound. You know, I hear what you're saying with, oh, no, but he led. I don't fuck them. No, no, no. I'm just trying to explain where I'm coming. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think that this is a sort of static thing. I think that um, you can see with ADOS and all these movements that there are black voters fighting to make sure that we we get something in return and that we Mm -hmm. just don't go for, you know, Joe. But I had a conversation with my great aunt and she told me that you have to vote for Bloomberg, who was on tape saying black males my age commit 95% of murders or something. And that's what we got to stop and trust them. She said, you have to vote for him because he's the only person electable. And if you look at data, liberals, right, or Democrats are more prone to actually believe the media in comparison to. Yeah, I understand. And what I'm what I'm saying is, sweetheart, you're talking about data. And so. My conversation in regards to progressives and Bernie Sanders is not going to be data. It's not going to be the mat, the me, with the media. It's not going to be what your aunt said. I'm telling you, I'm giving you game on what actually happened in the room. You understand what I'm saying? So I try to make sure. I don't disagree with that. I know. So, yeah, no, it's not a characterization. I was in the room. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes social media, because everybody has opinions, we kind of confuse like in the room being an eyewitness to the crime. Versus somebody reading, oh, they said the crime, this or that. I'm telling, it's not a characterization. I was on staff. I was in the room. I led the racial justice entire conversation for Bernie Sanders. These people that you guys never met. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, demeaning you in any way. I'm just, for those who are listening, I want to make sure that we know that we're, I'm not just having a small talk, you know, conversation that we just have about data. And I'm telling you, I was in the room. I was Nina Turner's former director of communications before she got on that campaign. Killer Mike's a brother of mine. I know him very well. I work with Sean King. I was in the room. So it's not a characterization. It is a fact. Polls are polls. It all depends on who you poll. I don't believe in those either. I'm telling you this campaign, this movement has always failed with dealing with black people, period, and the messaging. And it was done on purpose. It was done with intent. And over a dozen black staffers in both 2016 and 2020 called it out. 
So I'm not talking about your aunt and what she read and what you read. I'm making the distinction for those who are listening because we do have to separate, at least when I'm talking to people, we got to separate opinion from fact. And I'm telling you, it's not a characterization. I was in the room, literally in the room. And as far as Bloomberg is concerned, he was the only candidate that talked about investing a hundred thousand uh, in investing in a hundred thousand black businesses, not minorities, not people of color. Although, no, I'm not a fan of his stop and frisk, but he was the only one out of all of the candidates that were actually talking about investing specifically in black folks. And Bernie Sanders was not. He wasn't then. He's not now. He never will. He never did for the last 30 years, which is why he was criticized by black people in his own hometown. He never did when black people told him repeatedly on their campaign to do it. He refused to do it. He wasn't going to do it. He threw the African-American outreach uh, director under the bus with Black Lives Matter. Go Google it for yourself. He refused to sit down and have conversations with black media. This is facts, not a characterization. Facts. So, yeah, I, I think I think my broader point is not about Bernie, but younger black people, we don't identify as Democrats. As yeah, I know. But that's not the point I'm making, though. That's where we're talking over each other. I'm talking about Bernie because he's the one that brought the progressive movement to younger black voters. He's the one that brought the energy behind it. Progressive black people have always, if we use the term progressive, like moving forward. But Bernie Sanders is the one that brought the energy behind the progressive movement. How do I know? Because I was there with the younger with the younger voters. So that's why I'm using Bernie Sanders as an example, because he's the one that made it pop for young people. And he did it wrong. And that's why there were seas and seas of white people. And we had to beg black people to come because they were turned off. Even by black people who were black, they turned them off because they went with these same talking points that you and I are talking about right now. Characterizations and data and polling telling you what it is. I was the only black national staffer in Michigan when he won Michigan by hair. You know who were the, you know who's the one that actually uh, introduced him to the black people in Flint? Me, Tesla Figaro. It's literally on the record. Her name was Danielle Green. I introduced him wow. to the black people. Michigan was a miracle. Yeah, Michigan well, miracle. yeah, well, guess what? Guess who was the only black person on the ground, on the national level? Me. Guess who helped it? Me, Tesla Figaro. It's only one Tesla Figaro. You don't have to be confused because it's not a, a weird name like, you know, our common name like Susan Smith. It's Tesla Figaro. I introduced him to the picture where you see him hugging the black woman in Flint. And then he talked about that black woman all throughout his ads right after that. Her name is Danielle Green. I introduced her. I went to Flint, went to the hood, went to the barbershops, went to all the places that he would never go and brought him the, the five black people that he met in Flint. And he talked about it on his commercials. And that's how he won Michigan. And guess what? When he went back again two years later, I said, you got to go back and you got to go back and talk to these people that you didn't talk to since then that you came and promised. And I connected that meeting again with him and Senator Turner. And guess what? Guess who hasn't talked to the people in Flint since? Bernie Sanders and everybody else that ran there, too. So, yeah, good old St. Bernard. He he ain't talked to him, too. Daniel, Danielle just called me last week. And guess what? She's actually an elected official right now. Seems like somebody would have wanted to keep a relationship with her. But they don't. And that goes for progressives, moderates, Hillary Clinton, all of them that ran down the Flint during that time. I also was one of the lead consultants with uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump with the Flint water crisis where they were awarded $600 million. So these are not, I'm not giving you talking points and data and I'm telling you what's real, baby. So I appreciate, I appreciate you chiming in. I hope, I hope they gave you some, you know, some. Only Hillary Clinton hired you in Flint. All right. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen either. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. Thank you. 
Well, that was a great call. So you guys, uh, again, I don't want to take away from what folks are saying. I guess I'll start taking calls more often so you can hear me engage. And that was a great one where we were able to talk. And I, I try to make the distinction, guys, between um, information that you're hearing and what the media wants you to hear and what consultants want you to hear, even if it's a progressive consultant or a Democrat consultant, moderate consultant, or a conservative consultant. I'm telling you, uh, a lot of what you hear are talking points that they want you to hear, and people run with it, and they believe it. And so that's kind of the difference on what I'm trying to show you on what I'm doing. These are these are not characterizations. I was on the ground, baby. Totally different. And I wasn't on the ground as a volunteer. I wasn't on the ground as a, somebody working on the stat, on the state level. I was on the ground as a national African-American outreach director. It was about 10 of us. So my perception is going to be a very different. It's not even a fair conversation. It's like somebody that went to jail having a conversation with somebody who's never been to jail and talks about, well, you know, the data shows this about people in jail and the data. It's a different conversation. So I thought that was great to have. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, Looks like I got two more requests. I'll take uh, one more and then... um I'll get out of here because this wasn't really supposed to turn into a question and answer, but I guess it is as long as you guys are listening, we'll keep going. Stepper, I'll bring you up. Hello? Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Nothing much was happening. Yeah, I'm from New York too, so I've been um, around locally. I've been around for a while, you know, trying to get some things done. Um, And I find it ironic because Eric Adams, there's a young man named Nuez Santos. Have you heard of him? Mm Mm-mm, no. So basically, this young man was shot in the head with the bullet went in his head. He's still alive, though. Um, but it was unmarked police vehicles that um, rammed his car because he um, was um, going through a light. And they had rammed his car. And uh, they ended up shooting him because they said he was moving um, in the direction of a, another police vehicle. So they shot him in the head. Um, and the mayor, Eric Adams, came out. And the first thing he said, we have to look at this as a terrorist. This could have been a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Well, I don't know, but I know <clears throat> that the um the uh press conference that was just held about an hour or so ago, they said we're not looking at it that way, but we're keeping all the options open. So <laughs> it's just gonna be interesting. Um, you know, by us not having all the details to see where it plays out. Uh, I mainly just wanted people to to look at, you know, the different plays and just, you know, kind of watch and see how, how it goes. I don't want to speak, uh, you know, about facts that I don't know about, but I, I just know that I know politics and I know how these talking points are about to play. And it's not even about to. They literally already did it. They already said, we got to do something about this crime. I'm tired of the mass shootings. That's what the governor came out and said. Before she has any details, they're already moving that political football uh, down the field. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you because um, the, the police uh, shot that, that unmarked um, the, the man who was unarmed and they came out and they said it was a terrorist attack and he was he could have been trying to kill the police. Mm-hmm. They had, they're already coming out to set the, the narrative. That's what the mayor is doing. He, he, he it's, it's called copaganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to go out and he, like he doesn't even know the facts and the details of the case and he will talk about the first thing he does in any type of police shooting whether the cop was wrong, usually they're wrong and they overreact. But he, the first thing he does is go, he goes to uh, protect the police and to make this about uh, safe public safety. He starts, I'm talking about either COVID token points or he starts to give you the um, uh, public safety token points, mm-hmm. which is that we need to increase um, support from the police precincts and to the police and to further to continue to fund the police. And that's how, that's what. Every time a crime or an incident or a devastating incident has happened, the Democrats of New York, they rush to the scene of the crime. And I'm talking about how we need to uh, uh, support and thank the police for what they have done, Mm -hmm. which is basically the crime has gone up. The funding for the police has gone up. And I think I think they're looking for it to go up even more with the plainclothes unit now established in New York. uh, They came. They made a remix, a rebranded version of it. I think they're going to use this. Because they said they had more police officers on the trains before this event had happened, so now that's pretty odd, and and, and it's gonna get it could get scary, it could get spooky. I don't know what was going to be done politically, but this is like a big propaganda war that's going on with between the average person. I I'm really scared that I think that our rights are going to be taken away. Um, it's bad enough that they're trying to remove the homeless without giving them any secure housing, so now they're running around on the trains going crazy which they already have been, but now it's even worse. They, they're destroying the homeless encampments in New York. Um, so that means those homeless or mentally ill people are going to be actively on the train, taking their anger out. Every time I go on a train station or go on the train, I, I encounter a mentally ill person every single time. It doesn't, it doesn't fail. And they go on the train, they start screaming. They, they go into these outbursts um, and they start attacking people because the homeless shelter doesn't want to take him in. They don't have any more homeless encampments because the mayor is trying to destroy any place where there's homeless people. Mm. Um, and as well as um, he's, he's cracking down on um, um, any petty crime, jumping turnstiles, jaywalking, mm-hmm. all of those crimes. He's, he's having plainclothes officers aggressively attack the average everyday person. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your call and insight. Um, you know, that that just goes to show you again, guys, pay attention to what's about to happen. Um, I certainly did not um, by me having this conversation. It is not uh, in a way to uh, make anybody think, uh, you know, that I am trying to um, 
you know, take away from what happened today to those who were injured. If anybody has lost their life, I'm not sure they have or have not. I said in the beginning, uh, condolences to those who lost their life. Not sure. The other caller says nobody has died at this point. Again, not really sure. I just wanted to jump on um, immediately to talk about what you guys need to look for and how uh, you need to see how this this plays out um, because it is all connected back to politics. Um, and it is not because I'm trying to take away um, from those who were affected today, not in any way, um, but because, again, the media moves so fast and so quick, um, we have to kind of get on this uh, quickly um, with, with uh, you know, so you can see what's happening. I'm going to take uh, one last comment. Borderline psychosis. Is that what it says? I don't know if I should take this call or not, um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing you on in. Um, and then we'll make this our last call and then we're going to get out of here. Hello. How are you? And by the way, before any before you speak and anybody else who speak, this is coming from Twitter audio, which means you get permission um, to have this in the public space. Uh, I will be uploading this as well to the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast. Uh, and you guys can subscribe to that as well. But I wanted to just put that disclaimer out there. So, hello. How are you? Oh, sorry. There we go. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, sweetie. Outstanding. Good. So um, I'm listening to the conversation, and you know what? See, you're spitting a whole lot of game, and I want to relate that game to what you were talking about when I came back in, and I understand your position on how you were dealing with the word conspiracy theory, right, mm -hmm. um, as regard to this. But as black people, what we need to do in this country is, on the side note, um, we all know not to let Felicia borrow our VCR, right? Why? Because she's a crackhead. Now, when it comes to America, people like to use that word conspiracy theory, but theory is not the right word when we're dealing with somebody who has a modus operandi, right? Like America has a list upon list upon list upon list upon list of the things that we're talking about that they could be doing. So um, I look at it in that way. Everything this country does, or excuse me, does is crooked. And um, what you're doing is what, or excuse me, what they're doing is what they say, um, never let a good, uh, you know how to say, you know, that the saying, don't never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what they do. So that is part of the conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. But, you know, just to be clear, when, when I'm speaking on facts, straight shot, no chaser, that's not conspiracy. Like you heard me talk to the other brother when he said, oh, I hear your uh, characterization. I said, no, those are facts. So when I'm speaking facts, I'm, I'm facts. And no, I don't trust this government, even though I served in the military. I don't trust this government because I speak up every day using my real name, Tesla Figaro. I don't hide under no handle or nothing. What I meant when I said I don't put out a lot of conspiracy theories, meaning I don't I, I have to be very responsible in what it is that I'm saying. And I don't want to say, oh, well, what really happened was Joe came over here and he smoked Bob and Bob really did it because of this. And this is really what happened. And, you know, this is how it happened. Da, da, da. When I'm talking about the government and I'm talking about my position and not trusting this government, those are facts. And we have every reason to uh, believe that because based on the history, when I said I don't put out different theories, meaning what had happened was. So using your analogy with the VCR, if you said Felicia came and stole the VCR, I don't go into a theory in my own, you know, coming up with my own theory on why she stole it, when she stole it, what else she stole, whatever, you know, without the facts. And I had to do that, brother, because. I have to make sure that my, as you guys are telling your positions, which I have no problem with you doing, that's why I'm bringing people up to the mic. I have to be clear in what I say versus what you say, because I don't need somebody confusing what I said based on what somebody else's theory is. 
when I say somebody's theory, I'm talking about you coming up with your own, this had what happened was, you know, we say, well, what it happened was. So I'm trying to make that distinction between what I know the government will do. So, and that's why I wanted to say, no, I totally agree, you know, with your stance and how you go around that. And I was just, I was more speaking to the listeners just as we, of course, we can't do what happened was because we don't know what happened. But what we do know is these motherfuckers is full of shit. That's the one. Now, that part we do know, right? <laughs> Look into these situations, take it all into a grain of salt, people. Uh, like she says, you, you see the play. Because the play is the same play every time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just wanted to say one thing, too, about that stop and frisk. That shit really pissed me off. I wouldn't care what he said after that because that was a goddamn nigger law. That was a straight up nigger <laughs> in modern times. So, well, so, so I, um, I, you know, I ride with you, sis. This, I think this is my first time really, you know, listening to you. So I'm going to, you know, tune into the podcast and kind of see what more you're talking about with the politics. But, um, because you're talking that shit. And uh, yeah, I stand right there. I'm with you and love. No problem. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I talk this shit pretty well, you know. So definitely uh, subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, Straight Shot No Chaser uh, is where you can find me anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we have, um, I, I've got a lot of content uh, out there, game that I give you. Charlemagne calls me known as the hood whisperer, meaning I try to flip it in a way that people can understand it and make it really, really simple. And you just did that, brother, by saying what we do know is that they full of shit, bottom line. And so that's what I do. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I am a independent. Sorry, YouTube. I think uh, for some reason the connection just went out. So my apologies. I know people are saying what happened. It was it was getting really good. Uh, but this will be available uh, again for the replay. Uh, you can um, check it out on Straight Shot No Chaser uh, podcast. I'm sure Dwayne will probably have it up uh, probably by tomorrow or maybe even today. Or you can go to the YouTube. Make sure you guys check in with me. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, IG keeps putting me in jail and I'm tired of uh, Instagram mass incarceration. So I'm, I'm going to I'm literally in jail right now because uh, I use the word C-O-O-N. And I guess that upset some folks. So they put me in jail. For the second time this month, free test, hashtag free test. But anyway, so subscribe to the YouTube page. Let's get it in. Let's continue the conversation. Like I always say, use it, lose it, can't make you choose it. Shout out to those on Twitter for joining me. I can't tell you guys again, IG, you got to get over on Twitter. That's the part that the media pays attention to. I know you like IG because you like the videos and the memes and the, the comedy sketches and all of that. But Instagram is anti-information because it's all about videos and it's all about uh, pictures. And so I have to screenshot a lot of my words in order to get you to read. We got to start being audio learners, meaning subscribe to the podcast. Over 50% of podcast listeners are white. They're always listening. AM radio, conservative talk radio, white. But when it comes to seeing something, we the first ones lined up. We, we all on IG. We support all the reality shows. But when it comes to information, we have to be able to be audio learners to hear what it is that we need to hear in order to empower, engage, and inspire. So this is Tesla Figaro. Again, follow me on Instagram, Tesla Figaro. Follow me on Twitter, Tesla Figaro. And subscribe to the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast. Peace.
If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesla Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne the God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.